podcast brought to you in part by audible.com get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com wds to choose from over 85,000 titles for your ipod or mp3 player please hi i'm dan and i'm doug from hoobastank hi this is josie loren hi this is john bon jovi and i'm richie sambor hello I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is Molly Bryant. This is Alicia Witt. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. Hi, this is Julie Mann. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hi, this is Chelsea Hobbs. Hey, this is Lindsay Lohan. Hi, this is Joy Nordenstrom of Joy of Romance, Inc. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Christina from Survivor Redemption Island. Hi, I'm Holly Jorgensen, creator of Make It or Break It, and you are listening to What Do They Say? Did you hear... Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Duvet Said Cultural Entertainment Digest found at What DuvetSaid.com. I am your host, Jason DePlizzi, coming at you from Duvet's studio south in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who has no lockout on his Miami heat, your host, <laughs> Robert Bob Duvet. Jason, I am actually coming to you from the latest Occupy movement. Oh, what's the latest? Well, here it is. We are occupying the left ridge of Kim Kardashian's ass just above the crack, just north of the crack there. And there are several hundred of us gathered right here, and we are pissed. Wow. What, what are you so angry about on Kim Kardashian's ass? I think that's a, a cause salabra. Yeah, it is indeed. Well, we're a little pissed off because there was supposed to be bingo scheduled right after our ultimate Frisbee competition. And that uh-huh. seems to have been put on hold for this business about the, the 1% and whatnot. Those jackanapes. <laughs> indeed. Jackmates. Hey, so I, I understand yesterday, yesterday being uh, Wednesday here in podcast recording land, not yesterday being Thursday in podcast listening land, that there was quite a hullabaloo, and I don't mean a 60s pop music show, uh, up there <laughs> in San Francisco, specifically on Market Street and at the Bank of America building, yeah? Ooh, indeed, indeed. Apparently what happened was... The camp that is stationed in beautiful, picturesque Justin Herman Plaza, um, right there on the Embarcadero. Really beautiful stretch of land to have a bunch of dirty hippies and their dogs from Hate Street go and camp. Because basically, Jason, I know I might sound insensitive, but that is what the movement has devolved into. It's homeless people. It's a homeless encampment. It's, It's not people like you and I that are angry about the current state of the uh, economy and, uh, you know, unfairness. It is the same people that live in the park are now occupying Justin Herman Plaza, and they started to spread their camp up along Market Street. So it was starting to, you know, creep up further and further, and uh, they, they came in and they tore down the tents, 
And they said, you occupiers are only allowed to occupy this little beautiful picturesque piece of Embarcadero. So good news for occupiers. Your, your real estate is gorgeous. It really is. You have a picturesque view of the bay and uh, lovely uh, amenities right at the ferry building there. It reminds me of – I finally saw that George Harrison documentary on HBO. Ooh. Did you like it? I, I did like it. I thought it was a little um, heavy on the Krishna, and I thought ah. it was also pretty Beatles-heavy as well, um, which is fine. But the fact that it was a three-hour documentary and an hour and uh, – an hour and, like – 40 I don't know like an hour and 50 minutes of it was Beatles yeah you know yeah. it's just same you like... know a lot of that stuff too if you're a Beatles fan a lot of that stuff was kind of common knowledge although there was some insights I, I I learned things that I didn't necessarily know yeah I didn't unenjoy it but I was hoping to see learn more about George Harrison the man uh, outside of that and learn about things in his solo career uh, which I'm not all that familiar with and uh but anyway, there was a point where he was describing going to visit Haight-Ashbury. Do you remember this? Mm, and yeah, I do. He said he thought it would be a bunch of artisans and people creating art in a really creative society. And he got halfway through the park and he was like, no, it's just a bunch of dirty hippies. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, that is – I don't know how – I can't speak to the other Occupy movements. But whenever they interview anybody on – on um, the television out here that's from the encampment, it's always that guy or girl that you see like aggressively begging you for change on Hate Street with the, you know, the natty dreads and the, you know, studded jackets. And these people haven't had fucking jobs in years. They don't want a job. No. You know, they're just protesting about, uh, you know, whatever the cause salab is. I like that. I like that phrase. Uh, back back to your point about Bank of America, though, that was interesting and also highlights how kind of random and misguided the movement has become because what they did is they stormed into a branch. Now, oh. if they had just went – a branch of Bank of America, if they just went like a few blocks north of where they were protesting, they would have actually hit the Bank of America building, you know, the right. actual edifice erected in the you know, name of – banking and commerce and all that's apparently wrong. Instead, they just go into a random bank where, like, I'm guessing, you know, somebody's grandmother is going to, like, look in her safety deposit box or a guy like you or I who is definitely not part of the 1% is just trying to do a little banking. Yeah, exactly. You know, your money's hey! not here, Mary. Well, your money's in, in Billy's house. Well, your, your money, and your money, don't you remember? Your money built his house last year. It's, you gotta stay calm, people. <laughs> you know, don't you, aren't you a little frustrated with the the lack of sort of research that is going on with with this sort of movement? I mean, if you want to really hit people where it hurts, go up and occupy the lawn of the CEO of Bank of America out there in you know wherever he happens to live. You know, I don't know where he lives, but people could do the research and do that instead of just randomly barnstorming a branch, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Well, first of all, there would be no San Francisco if it weren't for Bank of America. Speaking of doing True research, that. Take, take, a, take a look at that, people. Additionally, um, how can you complain that there's no jobs and then storm a place where people are working? <laughs> 
again, how much do people think the bank tellers make or the security guard that's stationed at the door? You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like it's and my wife brought up in a good point. If the government didn't bail out the banks, we would have been in a so much worse situation. You know, you just can't let major banks fail. Unfortunately, that was the lesson learned. But you really can't because our economy would have been really in the shitter. We're talking depression, you know. So if people think it's bad now. It would have been a lot worse. And if you do a little research, the banks have paid off the money, the TARP funds that were loaned to them. That money has yeah. been paid off. Well, your, your money's not here. It's, it's in Jimmy's house. <laughs> Brought to you by Jimmy's house. <laughs> um hey what about you uh listeners would you like to uh sponsor us <laughs> say brought to you by listener jimmy you can let us know by sending out an email at what do they said at gmail.com find us on facebook facebook numbers climbing rob they are in fact i have a contest to discuss after you do your uh your bit here Oh, just search for what Duvet said in the uh, search bar of Facebook. You can enter this contest uh, or give us a phone call at 415-937-0445. I'm looking. I have more numbers written up on my little sheet here, so I was going to give my home phone number out, but I won't. I'll keep that private. <laughs> That was very suspenseful for a moment there. We're also found at Mevio.com, whatdoveysaid.mevio.com, Rogue2, which is a, a blog. You can go searching for Rogue2 in the UK, Today. actually, not in Canada. Yeah, yeah. They're actually uh, uh, um, not in Canada. They're in in, oh. uh, in uh, England there, in the United Kingdom. Ah. Elton McManus. We're getting listeners from the UK. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's thanks to Elton McNamanis and the Rogue 2 place. Uh, Stitcher on your iPhone app and, uh, of course, at the iTunes store. Now, what is this contest of which you are teasing so, Rob? Because your email so So it occurred much. to me uh, as I was doing the music, what do they said about music show? Earth 38, up, up there now for your consumption, people. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Um, and so it occurred to me that our Facebook numbers and our Twitter numbers are almost exactly dead even right now. Hmm. Okay. And we are on on the verge of hitting the bicentennial mark in both. Wow. Okay. So my contest is this, Jace, and then I, I figured I'd expand it beyond. The contest is this: if you can bump our likes up on Facebook or our ads on Twitter, our follows on Twitter, uh, as a listener, and you know, can, we can verify this stuff. Here's what you win. You win a dream date with yours truly, Bob Duvet, oh. to go see a rock show of my choosing hey. in San Francisco. So you have to be kind of a Bay Area person or plan on being in the Bay Area. And I will hook this all up. It'll be a dream date with me where we go out, we see some music. I might even buy you a beer. Hey. And um, and that, 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 that'll be it. You get to see what it's like to be a, uh, you know, a rock and roll scenester. But – I was going to open it up to you too, Jason, if you want to get in on this because you have we have a lot of L.A. listeners, a lot of L.A. people. You can yeah. also uh, maybe win a dream date with Jason uh, and you maybe you can take somebody to a screening of a movie. Yeah, or uh, or you can hang out at my place on my couch with my dog while I watch, uh, you know, TV. Nice. I can Even walk better. That's dog. a better get. 
<laughs> sure, uh, I can. I got lots of movie screenings coming up, actually. So sure, you can come. Come on along. I'm having a hard time finding people to come with me to movie screenings. So. I saw a lot of so movies this past weekend, and I got a lot of ones coming up. So great! Yes, uh, do they do do become your own do they street team? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Let's mobilize. Let's occupy the internet with our our voice. Make our voice heard. And let's just be clear: it's not if you're the two hundredth person to no, become no. a a person. It's it's the actual act of of harvesting and growing the numbers and being the the person who does that and if you so choose you can be that person and say no no i don't need any prize exactly we would prefer that if you don't take us up on the prize part of things that would be even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, indeed so be the change you want to see listeners wow that's deep did you learn that in miami <laughs> oh, I loved Miami. We'll we'll talk about that. I want to I want to get to our guests because we have a lot of people like mobbing the the green wall right now, and, and Reba's trying her best to get out the. Uh, we have a little pigs in a blanket right now for everybody to eat, which is nice. Oh, I love pigs in a blanket. Me too. Me too. My suggestion. <clears throat> Do you have a uh, multi flavored syrup to go with that pigs in a blanket? Mm, that would be good. No, I just have I have two choices. We have a raspberry. Mm-hmm. Brought, not a sponsor, but brought to us by the fine people at Smuckers. And we have some maple syrup. Huh, okay. The classics. Yeah. So, you know, so who I'm is nothing uh, if not classic. Yeah. Who's munching on these pigs in a blanket? Wow. This, uh, I don't know if you've been following the news. I'm sure you have. You're a news follower. Today, our guests include, but certainly are not limited to, a woman who claims to have slept with not only Justin Bieber... But also Herman Cain, and sadly, we are not immune here at WDS from the tentacles of a scandal. Our own supercomputer, Renfro, is tied into this woman's business. Yes, yes. So she's claimed to have slept with all three. And so uh, we don't have her, but what we have is a team of lawyers that will be joining us later. Well, that promises to be really interesting. Yeah, it should be, right? And, uh, And then we have a musical guest, too. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Well, this is sweeping the nation. I don't know if you heard of this. It's Gloria All Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> no, I didn't hear about them. Yeah, great band. It's kind of a mashup. Uh, are you saying that Gloria All Red Hot Chili Peppers has fleas? <laughs> Good one. You were sharp today. We're doing this show a full hour earlier than we normally would. And Jason, I'm impressed with your sharpness. Yeah, well, I fell back. I'm especially impressed with my sharpness, considering I was up from 2.15 till about 4.45 this morning. I can only guess why. Yeah. Well, how about you, listeners? <laughs> Got any guesses? <laughs> guess at 415-937-0445. That's right. Our number is live. <laughs> you can guess away. Steve right. Steve from Union City. There's, that's no guarantee that whenever you call and ask us something that we're actually going to address what it is you <laughs> you call about, much like yeah. our dear and, friends. And because our operators are standing by, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're standing by a phone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great. So I have a couple, uh, not a couple, but I have one thing that has happened to me in the past uh, week that I think is funny 
but I, okay. I've told it to a couple of people and either they don't understand why it's funny um, mm -hmm. or I'm not telling the story in a funny way enough to convey the humor that I see in it or it's not actually funny. Do we, do we want to make a game of this? I think a game is in order. Let's do it. Cue the music. <laughs> okay. So tell me, Rob, is this funny, not funny, or you just don't understand? Okay. I uh, was sitting on my couch and I heard a cricket, right? Okay. And I went, wow. And I, it sounded like it was inside the house. So I, I used my ear and I followed along using my ear and I discovered mm -hmm. that it was cricketing uh, inside my air conditioner, like my Ooh. in the wall air conditioner. Okay. So I banged on the air conditioner and it stopped and I sat down and, and it started uh, cricketing again. And I hopped up and I hit it chirping, I guess is the term. And I hit it again and it would stop. And this went on for a little while and I went, well, forget it. I, you know, it's not so bad. I'll just sit and listen to the cricket chirp. And, you know, fine. Hey, I'll live in harmony with the cricket. Um, but then the following day, I came back in from walking my dog, and I saw, like, a cricket on my floor. So I went, oh, man, a cricket. And I stepped on the cricket. <laughs> I wiped my foot off outside. And then the next day, I, like, came out of my, my uh, bedroom, and I turned the corner on my way to my computer, and there was another cricket, like, hanging out. Oh, Jesus this is turning into a Halloween episode. <laughs> well, no. What's happening is that this dude that's hanging out in my air conditioner is like attracting crickets. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. There's like a cricket party going on in your air conditioner. Yeah. And it's like, there's like all these chick crickets are going, hey, man, where's that cricket? <laughs> Showing up in my house going, wow, where's that dude? And so finally, I just went outside and I sprayed my air conditioner with some raid and the cricket stopped chirping. But I thought it was kind of funny that like there are these <laughs> lonely girl crickets <laughs> lurking. I, I think it's even I think it's even better because you clearly I mean, you live in the Hollywood Hills, right? I mean, you're in the hills of Hollywood, California. Clearly, yeah. it's you know, it's the place to be for crickets as well. Yeah. So anyway, I've told that to a couple of people and people don't think people like I guess they don't get that the reason crickets chirp is that they're trying to attract females. And it's like the ah, Pied Piper, just... you know, sitting there and all these ah. female crickets or something. I don't know. I thought it was funny. It made me laugh as I was stepping on crickets. <laughs> Jiminy crickets. <laughs> exactly. So that was I, I, I find that amusing. I, I, I'm gonna, if I can rule, make a judgment on that story, I'd say that is mildly amusing. OK, good. There's that, and then what's not all that funny, but by the same time it's funny because it's so ridiculous, is I was, again, walking my dog, which is all I seem to do. So if you do win this contest, be sure to come with me while I walk my dog. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know if you remember, but I had a toothache for a long while there. Yes, documented on this very uh, podcast. Yes, well, it, it would. I, I went to the dentist. My dentist is like a million years old. He's the oldest man on the planet. Um, uh -huh. and I've just been going to him for years and years and years. And he was old when I started going to him and I'm old now. So yeah, I should tell you how old he is. Um, mm -hmm. and I've, it, it's ever since I went to him, it's it, kind of off and on. I have to re pay really close attention to it because it's, uh, it goes back and forth from, from being tooth hurty and being not tooth hurty. Um, mm -hmm. so I bit into something a couple weeks ago and I felt something in my tooth shift 
and went, Jesus, what was that? But then it stopped hurting. Like, I didn't have any problem at all after that. And I went, great. Whatever just happened is great. Uh, but then I was walking Tammy uh, uh, last week and, uh, like, out of nowhere, like, my filling fell out of my tooth. It, like, cracked in half. Uh. And, and I went, oh, no. So I called my dentist and I got this, goo, goo, goo. the number you have dialed has been changed to blah, 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 blah. And my first thought was, oh, no, my dentist died. Damn it. <laughs> so I called a new number. And it's, you have reached, please leave a message for, you know, it's one of those automated things, which just leaves the phone number. Uh-huh. So I go, uh, hey, doctor, uh, I just uh, had a problem with my tooth. I hope this is your new number. Uh, call me back. And I get a call back that afternoon from his widow. <laughs> went, oh, he did. He passed? Damn it. <laughs> I went, really? My filling fell out and my dentist died? Fuck you. <laughs> Did you at least get a referral? Yeah, they referred me to the other old guy in his office. So I went and saw him on Tuesday. He didn't have the best bedside manner, but uh, he did fill up my hole. Ooh. If you want to fill up Jason's hole, write to us at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com. <laughs> because your emails mean so much. Hey, um, <laughs> do we have, other than Occupy, is there any news? But of course there is, because it's best part of this dog and pony podcast uska machuba <laughs> we do we have remember friend of the show cat von d oh yeah i do remember friend of the show cat von d well cat von d um has lately claimed that her her boyfriend uh, Jesse James. I love that guy's name. Jesse James, the guy who's uh, hooked up with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Not the guy who Bobby Brady idolized and had a dream that they <laughs> shot his whole family on the train. Great, great episode of the Brady Bunch. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, well, Kefondi and Jesse James, um, yeah. they've been stooping for quite some time. And uh, then they've stopped stooping because apparently... He cheated on her with 19 women. I love that it's 19 women. The devil's in the details. <laughs> that's quite a track record. Yeah. That, I, I just wanted to lead with that because I want to, you know, because Kat Von D being a friend of the show, uh, I feel like we should get her version of the story out. We were, oh, Jesse James was not available for comment. Apparently he was robbing a train somewhere. Can you imagine that conversation, though? Look, honey, I, I got something to tell you. I, I, I slept with another woman. Oh, no. Did it, what did it mean anything? Well, hold on. I and I slept with an, another other woman. Oh no! And did it mean anything? Well, just hang on a second. Then and then there was another other woman. Oh no! Did it mean anything? Well, just 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 cool your jets there. There was there was an and that goes on nineteen times. I prefer to think of it that he had nineteen separate conversations about it, <laughs> and she was keeping a. She had like a a little. She got a a tattoo tally. For each one. And then it dawned on her that it had been 19. And enough is enough already, yeah, you, Jesse. Can you imagine, like, by the 15th or 16th time, he's, like, trying to find a way to bring it up. He's, like, knocking on the door when she's in the bathroom. Cat, just, just one more thing. <laughs> it just, I forgot. I was brushing my teeth, and it jogged something in my memory. There was, in fact, another woman. Yeah, there was... <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. God. Uh, this is great. This is uh this is relating the next couple of news stories. We can okay. we can kind of uh pair them. It's like a duo, if you will. Uh related to the Occupy movement. Okay. I wanna occupy like we should start I wonder the, the think of the the sheer numbers of retirees if they can do an Occupy bow movement. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I was hoping Ah, never mind. I was I, I came up with a pun the other day, but it's not a very good pun. So I'll try to work it into this conversation to see if I can if I can make it work. Okay. Well, the, these stories are related. Um, apparently, I, I, I always say apparently because I always want to give these stories the benefit of the doubt because um, they're dubious sources that I get them from. Okay. But Allegedly. This one came from our. <laughs> this one came from our good friends at Gawker. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, Jay Z, you know who Jay Z is right? Hova. Yeah, isn't he a legendary rapper? He is, and this is why he's a legendary rapper. He was going to sell. Rapper. He's on tour currently with Kanye West, and uh, he has a, uh, his own clothing line called Rockaware. Rockaware. It's very uh, you know big with the urban community, and so he wanted to have a shirt that said, "It says in quotes, Occupy Wall Street," and then like in graffiti, the W is X'd out. And an S is added after street, so it says occupy all streets. And he was going to sell these for like you know whatever forty bucks a pop or whatever, something some you know amount of money. And it was uh, it was batted back by the the uh, clamoring masses because it was, you shouldn't you should not make money off of this movement. This movement is not about making money. So God love though Jay Z for trying. I think that's a great you know a, a great way to. You know, riff off the slogan and uh, you know make a few bob. Yeah, Let's there say was you, Jason. <laughs> there was I heard somebody down here in uh, in L.A. was making occupy, <laughs> like sh- <laughs> showing up as one of, one of my local radio stations was like you know saying that bringing that in for people to eat. Ooh, that sounds that's a good occupy. I can go for that a little piece of occupy. Here's so another one. This is if, from the smoking gun. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if the movement, what the move is not about making money. It's about getting money. What is it about? It, I I think it's about the redistribution of money. Oh. Okay. Which is essentially getting money. People want money from people that they believe have more than they do. Yeah. And somehow we've we've gone over this, but you know, that's what it's about. It's about fairness. Get yeah. off my lawn! Right. <laughs> Refer to prior episodes previously on What Do They Say. Hey, that reminds me. Do you remember, just on a complete tangent, do you remember back in the olden days, Rob, when you would tune into a TV show, and just before the show would start, they would go, tonight on Chips, and they'd show a bunch of scenes from the show that you were about to watch, and then you'd watch yeah, the show? I love those. Anyway. We should do that. Yeah, we should do Run that. <laughs> this week on the What Do They Said podcast, Renfro, it's the money. The money's not in your hair. It's in, it's in Jimmy's house. <laughs> Shot of Reba. I don't care who you're fucking. You're going to wait to get on the show when the boys are ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Reba's got an iron fist. That might be in the DVD extras. Yeah. Uh, we should have that too. I like it. So this is a related story, and this is this just shows. And here we go, Jason. An opportunity for you to mock me. Your prescience. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I know that's the right word for this. <laughs> um, a Long Island couple abandons its bid to trademark Occupy Wall Street. 
So mm-hmm. there was a couple, in fact, that rushed to trademark the Occupy Wall Street, um, you know, term to uh, make money off it because their their logic was, if I didn't buy it and use it, someone else will. Yeah, which is true. Which is true. But you called that one. You said somebody out there is going to be, you know, trademarking the Occupy slogan, and sure enough, there was. But they abandoned it by pressure. So I guess you know, this uh, this movement is spurred a bunch of other movements and did you hear about the one i actually posted this on my, my facebook there is a uh, petition going around to get the kardashians all matter of kardashian off of the e-network all the various shows oh yeah i did see the outrage that, that yeah i did i think that's good i think that's a good use of uh of a banding together of people why not, right? I happen to be in agreement. I don't watch the show, and I, I tend to think if you really want to go after the 1%, that's a great place to start. And, hey, people as programmers, right? If you don't like something, you know, if you want to save a show, that rarely seems to work, though, huh, Jason? You would know better. You're, you're involved with television. No, seems that... like the efforts to save shows don't work that often. Uh, yeah, the efforts to save shows don't work. The not watching shows it definitely works. People who don't watch shows, but I, the the interesting thing about the Kardashians is that it's all manufactured. Like I don't think anybody wanted to watch that show in the first place, but for some reason we were told to watch it. Much like Whitney, mm-hmm. you know, people have been told to watch Whitney. There was a poll in the recent Entertainment Weekly uh, about what everyone's least favorite show. Of the new fall season was, and Whitney is it, and yet <laughs> I told you, man, it's still on the air, and it's been picked up for a full <sighs> season. God, and it's the least favorite show. Yeah, poll of Entertainment Weekly readers poll. Yeah, well, they're the ones that really watch the shows, like us and Entertainment Weekly, and those people are the ones that like are plugged into. They are John Q. Nielsen, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, there. Except, of course, for John Q. Nielsen, he who really is John Q. Nielsen, <laughs> in his Crystal Palace. We should have him on the show. Um, we should. Let's Rima get John Q. Nielsen on the show. Um, you know the thing about Whitney Jace is, I I don't watch it, but we tape The Office, and so there's. The that like five minutes after the office t- ends, where it's the intro to Whitney, so I get to see the the setup, you know, the opening bit. Yeah, and the opening salvo. I always my I always make you know Hallie watch it. I'm like you know she's like oh turn it she she can't stand the woman, and I always want to just see, and it, it just always verifies the fact that I can't stand the the show. But I, I'm trying to put my finger on why, and you know what it is, it's. It's she is is trying to do both things. She's trying to be the sexy, you know, sex pot, as well as the every woman gawky. I'm just like you, aren't I wacky? And she does neither convincingly. Yeah, I think that's my main problem with the show is that she is the whole sexy Whitney thing. Like I think somebody yeah. told her somewhere along the line that she was hot. You know, for um, a comedian, right? There you go. That's exactly the caveat. She's hot for a comedian, and that doesn't mean she's hot. No, when you're competing against Elaine Boozler, Paula Poundstone, and Kathy Griffith, you know, okay, you're hot, Whitney. Go, go nuts. Run <laughs> with it. Yeah, 
<laughs> the the article in Entertainment Weekly said that the reason that Whitney was so reviled was that it's in the wrong it's on the wrong network on the wrong night. That if it was on CBS uh, after in the same block as Two and a Half Men and all of their CBS comedies, that it would probably be liked more. But since it's on after Community, The Office, Parks and Recreation, all these similar single camera, no laugh track shows, and then she busts mm-hmm. out with a traditional three camera sitcom with huge manufactured laughs that it just doesn't bode well with the audience who's tuning in right after it, which there might be something to that. But I tend to think that it's because, much like the Kardashians, we've been we've been told by the liberal media that this is the show to watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it has nothing to do with this three camera versus, you know, whatever, documentary style comedy and laugh tracks. It's just not a good show. She's not likable. You know, that... The, She's talented. I'm not going to say she's not talented because her other show, Two Broke Girls, is apparently doing really well. And she wrote that and developed it. So, yeah, and she's done funny stand up. She's she's funny in the roasts. Like uh, uh, those Comedy Central roasts, she she knocks them out of the park. She's really funny in those. Uh huh. Mm. Having a refreshing glass of water. Are you ready for another news story? Should this be. a uh, topic of discussion. <laughs> uh, sure. And here, before we do that, let's just say uh, Kardashians, Whitney, Occupy, and Kat Von D's uh, or not uh, group. Yeah. I like it. A group. Uh, not a. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, let's head into our topic of discussion. This title alone is, uh, is, is wonderful. I, I love a title that hits right where, you know, the story hurts. It says, Facebook is investigating the huge cock spamming of your newsfeed. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the huge cocks spamming your newsfeed. Right. You know, that's funny. I, uh, I saw a huge cock <laughs> in somebody's newsfeed. I did. Well, it just appeared like uh, you know next to the person's name, and then as a post, it was just this you know graphic picture of a uh, a, a cock. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I forget whose page I went to. I think it was. I think it might have been Ileana Douglas's page. I'm Facebook friends Ooh, with. Ileana I was going to say it wasn't Jerry Sandusky's page. I hope he's, no. he's in enough trouble. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Nor was it Rob Weiner. Uh, but you know, it's the kind of thing you've seen these posts on Facebook where somebody posts something and there's a little screen to click on the, the video and it says, you won't believe that this, what this dad made this girl do, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, why does anybody clip, clip, clip on, clip, Click on those things because obviously all it does is, you know, hack your newsfeed and repost it on your newsfeed kind of thing. But, Uh yeah, it was uh that kind of thing. It was and it was it was surprising because it wasn't some obscured kind of picture. It was an enormous cock. You know, just a little aside. Does it always have to be an enormous cock? Why can't it just be a, you know, a medium you know a average size cock it always has to be this enormous cock 
I think it was the camera angle, you know? Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. So is a enormous cock occupying your newsfeed a (laughs) shocker? I'll say so. Yeah. Well, I hope they get deep into that investigation because I'd like to know. Deep into that investigation, let's uh, let's discuss this. This isn't necessarily disgusting, but it's worth discussing. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe it's that... uh, also in other news. Yeah, well, didn't oh, we have yeah. Another... Okay. or maybe it's just in other news. In other news, oh yes. Uh, I love that music. You know what it reminds me? That music reminds me of my vacation to um, South Florida. Oh, yeah, I want to hear about your Last vacation to South Florida, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get to it. You know, since I'm not watching any of the shows we're supposed to watch, uh, we'll, we can talk about it. Um, I just want to get your opinion on this one. You know, People Magazine came out with their sexiest man alive. Do you know who it is? Um, no, I don't. Should I guess? Well, you can. It was you, Jace! Oh, my God, thank you so much, people! It's because of my enormous cock, right? <laughs> uh, indeed. Hey, listeners, if you you really want to win this contest, because Jason does have an enormous cock. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) No argument. Um, No, it was a guess. Guess, yeah. What the hell? Guess. Um, I'm going to say it was either Ryan Gosling. No? Ooh, good guess. Good guess. That's, uh, That's related. That's related to, in other news, it was it was Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, women like a guy with a sense of humor and kind of a cavalier sort of sensibility. The guy that was in Wet Hot American Summer? (laughs) Only you would cite that particular movie when (laughs) referencing Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Most would know him from The Hangover and The Hangover 2. Okay. What about him? I was going to say Ryan Gosling was uh, – there's a bit of an uproar, and people felt like this was Ryan Gosling's year to, to uh, win Sexiest Man Alive because really this is just a uh, a, a little bit of Sherbert before um, uh, George Clooney takes over the role once again. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting. There's a Larry Sanders show where he – tries to buy into being the sexiest man <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> who would you have picked would you have picked ryan gosling uh well i wouldn't really pick one but if i had to guess which i did have to guess i guess i didn't have to guess but i would have guessed that it would have been ryan gosling's year um because mm-hmm. i don't really mm-hmm. i don't really have my my finger on the pulse the the stars that i hear about nowadays i'd like have no idea mm-hmm. who they are i'll, I'll pull up and entertainment weekly and i'll flip through pages and they'll say deal report this person made a deal with that person to sign a seven picture deal to do this and that and i'll be like who is that person who is this rising star? yeah i don't know i have no idea who this person is yeah i'm the same way i look through uh uh them magazine i'll flip through it and i'll be like who are these people i don't even know who these people are yeah yeah speaking well. of people this one there's two these are actually these ones should be the uh, they're not. We'll play the game though. Let's play the game. We haven't played the game in a while where you try to guess what state this news story germinated in. Germany. <laughs> da. No, this one, the, the, the title is Tech. <laughs> I almost blew it. All right, this couple was handcuffed and thrown in the back of a cop car where they engaged in a sex act. In the back seat of a cop car, police car. <laughs> Isn't that people, great? 
are really into each other. Um, yeah, totally. I'm Getting arrested is sexy. I'm going to say that happened in uh, Florida. Ah, uh, you would have been right if it was Florida. It's Texas. Oh, Texas. Hmm. Yeah, well, this is a, a certain amount of hubris, and I, I associate hubris with uh, Texas for some reason. Well, Texas is for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's great. The, 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 I'll read the story. The Texas duo was arrested on drug charges last Monday after a cop was summoned to a Whataburger where a male acquaintance of Ari and Wyndham, these are the two people that got arrested, was passed out. Ari, 44, who admitted to providing the unconscious man with hydrocodone, or, yeah, hydrocodone, was arrested for delivery of a controlled substance. Wyndham, 30, was collared on a possession wrap after he was found with the painful, uh, the painkiller Soma. The pair was cuffed and stuffed into a police cruiser for the trip to get booked. That's when things got interesting. According to a spokesman for Montgomery County Constable Precinct 4, the officer looked in the rearview mirror and he could no longer see Tina Ree, who subsequently explained that she was resting her head in Wyndham's lap because he was tired. He wasn't tired, folks. (laughs) (laughs) She she was cropping up on his news feed. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, you know, don't let getting arrested stop you, people. If you are... You know, clearly smitten. A little thing like handcuffs should only add to the excitement. Yeah, exactly. I think in that situation, you're allowed to call an Audible. Like Audible.com. If you would like to learn more about our fabulous sponsor, head out to audibletrial.com slash WDS, where you can choose from over 85,000 audiobook downloads, including the girl with the dragon tattoo soon to be a major motion picture coming out so if you want to re- listen to that for free you just visit audibletrial.com slash wds that way they know you're coming from us you get 14 days free to nose around in there you get one free download to listen to your book and um yeah that's about it but if you choose to stay on uh, you can just uh, keep on getting uh, more and more titles for purchase and download. And every month, they give you a token for another free book. So even if you don't buy a book, you just stick around for another month with your subscription and get a free download. It's a pretty good deal. Hey, you rent a tux, you get a towel. It's a pretty good deal. You know what I'm reading? No, what are you reading? This is actually, I'm going to give a plug. I'm reading, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Other Concerns? The hardcover edition on Audible. Nice. <laughs> by Mindy Kaling. Hey! Oh, great. Friend of the show, Mindy Kaling. Fantastic. AudibleTrial.com slash WDS. AudibleTrial.com slash WDS. AudibleTrial.com slash W as in what, D as in duvet, S as in said. Just do it already, people! Stop! Read! Seriously. Listen to people read! Gosh, come on. Jeez, people. Come on. Come on! (laughs) <laughs> this is the last news story of this podcast. Not the last news story ever, because news just keeps happening, people. Yeah, I was going to say. Keeps... Yeah, yeah, there's no avoiding it. Um, did you hear about this one, Jace? That a uh, a teacher posted bail after arrest for masturbating in class behind the podium? Oh, my God, no. Was this a male teacher? Yeah, it was. It was, it was in a uh, suburban Illinois teacher. Of course. And he's 75. Wow. 
God, could you imagine how long that lecture must have been for a 75-year-old to arouse himself? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. That must have taken forever. God, did you, did you ever any teachers that you suspected of pleasuring themselves behind the podium when you were in school? I no. I have no I, I, idea. I mean, that could have never... I don't even know if it would have happened. Like, I don't know if I would have known. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah i uh it just seems like that's just a, a lot a lot of work when you can just easily you know kind of like you know abscond and hide behind a you know a, a door and just kind of leer at some you know girl you know fishing through her locker yeah exactly <laughs> not that i've given it any thought <laughs> yeah oh, yeah i don't think so Right. So there you go. That is the news. Hey, all right, news. Well, Thanks. Some of your own. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, well, good to hear the news. Uh, you already mentioned, but I'm going to ask you, are you watching any of the shows we watched? You've given up on Pan Am, despite what you told Starry uh, 84. I tell people things. Um, I, I, this week's episode of Pan Am was good. Ah, see, it's getting better, isn't it? Well, I it, bailed it's out getting, too soon. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you this. I tell you this. Uh, <laughs> it was. It got better. It is getting better, but it's still suffering from the. I think it's over after twenty minutes syndrome. Ah, uh, that hasn't changed. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened this week. The the plane takes off. There's a hurricane that they have to fly through. One okay. of the passengers has a heart attack. So they have to do Ooh. an emergency landing. Uh, they got to find an airport in the middle of this hurricane to do emergency landing. They land in Haiti, which is like controlled by rebels, and like the <laughs> co-pilot and the French girl have to like go out because she speaks French, so she can talk to the people there. They have to go out uh -huh. and find a doctor in this sort of hurricane, uh, uh, hurricane with rebels around in Haiti. And they discover that the hurricane has destroyed part of the runway, so they don't have enough room to take off. So oh, no, th like there's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of drama, right? I mean, that's like a that's like yeah. a movie plot, you know. And yeah, yeah, all of that happened like in the first ten minutes, and then you had like the rest. Then it like went on from there. It was like, well, come on, I I want to find out how all this happens. Like, don't rush through this. And they kind of rushed through it, and then. The guy died, so there was the, the guy with the heart attack died, so there was like mm -hmm. no reason for them to even be there, you know. And then oh. <laughs> it became it became about this snotty passenger who was like, "I don't want to get rid of my uh, my suitcase. I paid for my suitcase to fly with me, and I'm bringing it back on." And Christina reaches takes it and throws it off the plane. Eh, it's like what? What are you doing? You had such great dramatic potential here, and now you're doing this, <laughs> please. You know, Christina Ricci's character, right? Like, she's always, from what I've deduced, she's always on the verge of, of getting, you know, fired or something like that. But she yeah. desperately doesn't want to. She needs the job. So then why does she always have to do the thing that's, you know, potentially going to get her fired? Like throw a guy's suitcase off the plane. Well, because she's, she's a modern woman. You see her ah, sitting with her coffee and her paper with her high-top sneakers of Italian design, the long, cool hair that... Captivates attention, makes up her face while she makes up her mind. 
That reminds me of a Clockpaw song. Hey, Clockpaw. We haven't even talked about Clockpaw. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Well, don't you don't want to talk about the Amazing Race? You you don't yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah, let's talk about the Amazing Race because I thought that was one of the better comebacks. See, I, I don't, I, I don't watch it. I don't watch it anymore. I, I, I haven't watched it for three episodes, and I didn't watch it this last week. And I read the recap. That's what I've been doing is I've been reading the recap on Entertainment Weekly, and it, okay. it sounded like it was a pretty good episode. It was. It was. You know, first of all, the old couple are doing great. They are really um, clicking on all cylinders, and uh, they're my new favorites. Actually, I like them. Um, I like to see the uh, the oldies win. But my football guy, who I love. He, they were like they got saved the last time because it was a non-elimination point in the race, and then they, you know, barely made it through. Um, they had like some time penalty, and they they fought through that and were able to make it through. This time, it looked like they were done. Everybody got on the a, a flight, and inexplicably, like everybody was like at the airport looking for earlier flights, and it said in the clue that that's what you could do on this one. So mm. it was clearly like a part of the. You know, the the intrigue was you could find another flight. And they elected to, like, they were like, oh, I guess everybody's going to be on the same flight. And so they just napped. And they got on a flight, like, a full, you know, day later. But it was also one of those things where when people got to where the clue box was, it was stacked up, you know? Oh, right. It's you have like, to wait it for something doesn't open until whatever time. So by the time they got in there, they're only a couple hours behind. And there was a double U-turn this one. And so people were double U-turning the people that they thought were right behind them. And everybody just assumed that – I think his name's Amari um, and his wife were you know done deal because nobody had seen them all episode. And they were able to battle back. And the couple from San Francisco that I can't stand who fight a lot, um, they – totally had a meltdown and went the wrong, wrong way, you know, all. And so it ended up being that they were, you know, so lost that the other people got back and they actually climbed back into fourth place, fourth out of six, I think. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it was exciting. And let me see who got, you haven't watched. So I don't know if it was this one or the one before was the San Francisco couple. I, I believe, or maybe they're still in it. It was the uh, guy I didn't like, the cocky New Zealander, and his son got bounced. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, it was exciting. All right, and uh, so I, I, I see that I would have enjoyed watching, but I just I, <clears throat> I don't miss watching the Amazing Race, and I'm surprised every week when I don't watch it how how little I don't miss watching it kind of like these past two weeks of survivor i think i could have lived without seeing it the survivor's waning interest for me really you you, this was the one this was the flagship of of this uh season of the podcast this was the one that you were really into what's what's changed jason tell me well i think i'm getting older you know (laughs) Well, you may you may recall when we talked about Survivor last year, and we've talked about two seasons of Survivor now in this show. This is our third season uh-huh. talking about Survivor. That it's become mundane and predictable, uh, and mm-hmm. dis- I, despite all the editing, I can still see 
through what's happening with the show. And I felt these past two episodes were returning to those boring days of yesteryear where mm. despite all the editing tricks that they could do to make it look to the contrary, uh, I, I, was, I knew exactly what was coming. I knew exactly what was happening. And they weren't even trying that hard to edit it to make it look like things were going on differently. I felt like a lot of people were playing up to the camera um, to ah. give lip service and weren't actually, there wasn't any reality being captured there. But whatever we saw back at the tribe and the camp was lip service. And they're spending so much time on Ozzy at Redemption Island. Like, I looked at the clock yesterday, and 18 minutes had gone by. And all they had done mm. was shown Ozzy at Redemption, they'd show the Redemption Island duel, and then back to Ozzy at Redemption Island. 18 minutes of, uh, you know, an hour-long show, and they hadn't even showed anything happening at camp. So, Yeah, maybe because uh, it's, they're not that interesting. Ozzy's kind of the, the hunky one, and he's uh, you know jungle boy and whatnot. So... Uh, I, I forgot that they now at this stage with Redemption on, they, they stack it so that there's three people competing. So there's a lot of eliminating going on. Yeah. What do you think about this whole controversy with Whitney, the the person that I was barely aware of was even on the show? And she's apparently married and she's been uh, representing herself as a, a plaything for Keith. Oh, no, I I didn't even didn't know she this? was married. Is there is there controversy around that? There is. It's it was actually in the you know minor controversy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, you know she's she's married and she's on she's hooking up with this Keith guy. So apparently that the hookup is real, and uh, so is the fact that she's married. So I guess mm. you know if you, that's controversial these days. Well, I hope let's uh... that's so controversial. Is Herman Cain not knowing anything about Libya? <laughs> that was great. Wasn't it? How great was that? And then what was even better than that was the spin that he and his people tried to put on it where, you know, it was like it was like a, a he was being blindsided by the question or something like that. Or he had had no sleep. I'm like, get used to it. No sleep is part of the job of being a president of the United States. And how could you not even know that? It's like, well, wait, uh, he was on the side, Obama was on the side of the rebels, right? Was he? Uh. <laughs> I like how immediately the first reaction was to disagree, you know, like before he even knew what, you know, the position was or whatever, he knew that he had to be opposite whatever Obama had done. That drives me bananas. I, I hate the fact that every single Republican and candidate, just no matter what Obama has done, they have to dislike Obama. You know? Yeah. I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would do. I love that. That's that's my favorite. If I was president, I'll tell you what I would do. And it's <laughs> like you can't, as president, if anybody you know is paying attention to how things work in this country, really, you don't have that much control over you can't like just do things because nothing's getting done right because there's a little thing called the senate and the congress yeah so you can't just i love when i uh, Mitt romney or bachman are like i'll tell you what i would do first thing i would do is this like really because you can't do that you're gonna have to run it up the flagpole and see who salutes and get right. a majority and blah 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 yeah and you're just gonna run into a bunch of republicans in the congress and the senate who are just gonna filibuster and block it 
I, I, I'm going to, uh, first of all, I'm going to say two things. One is for some reason that scene in Life of Brian popped into my head. Where it's like, what have the Romans ever done for us? Well, there's the aqueduct. Well, of course there's the aqueduct. But other than the aqueduct, what have the Romans ever done? And then he like goes on and on and on. <laughs> other than clean water, places to live, roads, the aqueduct. <laughs> What have the Romans ever done for us? It's like, okay, sure. Other than, you know, capturing and killing Osama bin Laden, other than, you know, doing all these things that Obama has done, what has Obama done for us? Right. And I, I, yeah, I will exactly. say that I was listening to them talk about it on some talk radio station the other day, and I didn't like Bush as a president. Uh, I liked Bush as a person. Like, I'd love to hang out uh -huh. with George W. Bush. When I see him at baseball. I would, I would like to have some barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I see him at a baseball game. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I like George W. Bush. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. good enough guy. I hated his policy. But, you know, I'm I really I, I'm, I'm behind most of Obama's policy and most of the things that he's done. I just hate him as a person. I just dislike the man as a president. Really? Interesting. Yeah, he just bugs me. And I can see. But I, like I can separate that, though. I can separate the mm -hmm. fact I'm like, yeah. Obama, do something else. Stop talking. Stop showing up on the Tonight Show. Stop being yeah, so measured. You know. I agree. I agree. That that is a, a a thing that we kind of saw building with, say, Bill Clinton. You know, showing up on the talk show circus, circuit, circus. It might as well be a circus. But now, yeah, there's way too much of that going on. Where he kind of cheapens the office and the brand by appearing on the View and all all these shows. Oh, speaking of the view, there was a great clip on uh, you know the various blogs where Bill Maher, Mar, is that his name? Bill Maher. If you're talking about Bill Maher, then yeah, yeah. So he um, <laughs> was on the View, and Elizabeth Hasselbeck um, was gonna you know ambush him because apparently he made a joke at her expense. Um, some months back re regarding that, that kind of sexy Egyptian woman that was kind of the face of the uprising. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. And, and there was talking about this, like, uh, you know, w woman, they were trafficking in women or something like that. And his joke was to the effect of like, you know, Hey, send us the sexy Egyptian chick and we'll send you Elizabeth Hasselbeck. <laughs> right. And that was a joke, you know, whether it's funny or not, it was just a joke. Whatever. So she wanted to corner him because she had him on the couch and she was going to corner him on this comment. And she kept saying like, you know, so do you think that's funny? Do you, do you really think that's funny? Would you have said that again if you had the opportunity? Like, you know, now that he's staring at her, you know, doe-eyed, you know, glory, he was going to, you know, and he, of course he was like, look, I make jokes. That's what I do. You're a public figure. So you're fodder for the jokes. If you don't find it funny, you know, maybe the joke wasn't funny to you. Some people do. I try to find where the edge was, but he was trying his best to kind of be above it all. And the fuck, but she wouldn't let go until Barbara Walters actually had to step in and be like, okay, all right. Yes, well, people made fun of me and they called me Baba Wawa and I got through it. It's okay. You know, like, stand down, Elizabeth. She was so fucking sanctimonious. It was just, oh, God, I hate that woman. That's what happens when people are on Survivor. Yeah. Can we have a segment of people, women that Rob hates? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a great new segment. Let's work on it. <laughs> Let's get Well, Maybe we can get Gloria All Red Hot Chili Peppers to do the music for that one. Yeah. 
let's get out of. Do you want to talk some more about Survivor? Or do you want to get the hell out of the TV? Uh, no. Well, I don't really have much else to say about Survivor. Do you have any? Well, go ahead. Tell me what you think about. Go on. Go on. What do you think about Survivor? I don't think much about it. I mean, I thought it was a little funny where uh, Brandon kind of, you know, strolled up to be Cochran's muscle when uh, Ozzy was basically just being like, <laughs> Ozzy was just like, bro, what did you do? Did you do that? Totally sabot me. And then Brandon rolls up and he's like, you know, is there a problem here? You know, and it's like, and he was like, no, little man. Just, yeah. I'm just bummed because he totally unbroed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The unbro was... has been going on a lot in Survivor this season. <sighs> yeah, I know. Well, I, I have another question for you, uh, which I, when I watch the show, I'm, I, I just can't believe. You know, Dawn, I think it's 41 or 40. Yes. Yes. She looks so old, doesn't she? Can you believe that? Can you believe she's yeah, I... 40 or 41 years old? No. I mean, every time we see her, Hallie's like, she's my age? Not that yeah. Hallie's 41. <laughs> No. By 41, I mean 31. Yeah, yeah. You mean Hallie's mom, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I, I, I am always surprised um, that, she's, that she looks older. You know what's weird about her, too? She's very sinewy, but she has these huge, like, Thor-like, like, superhero uh, quads. Yeah. Well, what is, doesn't she, I forget what she does for a living. I don't read the Chirons she's anymore. A she's a teacher. She's an English professor. An English teacher is really someone. How proud. You know, I, I, I played their She's a Woman on the latest uh, What Duvet Said About Music, by the way. Yes, Take I know. five or seven. Really, Isn't that great? Uh, like that. Oh, it's great. It was awesome. It's like, you know, all the little, I was debating whether to edit out. The, all the you know kind of doom, doom, you know the, the the kind of fiddling about and then i was like no this is, really sets the mood and then it really reminded me of any band i've ever been at in at practice with uh our good friend a listener of the show um matt yeah you know what i mean like that kind of the bass fiddling about while we're trying to get get it together start the song it was really it took me right back to that space in in the garage yeah, I have some really amazing Beatles uh, tapes of um, the f you know the first album they recorded live. You know, like uh -huh. there was no overdubbing or anything. So what you hear is what you get. They did some edits, like they'd play a little bit and then put it back together again. But uh -huh. I have a couple of um, of uh, recordings where you can just sit and listen from start to finish of them playing like she's a woman over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And it's totally like that. It's like sitting in the room with them playing and hearing all that noodling and talking. And those later sessions when they do, she's a woman, uh, they're recording. I feel fine. And at the beginning you hear noodling and you can hear George practicing the, she's a woman part before they play. Oh, I feel really? Fine. Yeah. It's really, it's really awesome. That is that, that stuff is fascinating to me. So I was really, um, happy to play that on the show and to keep it all in there and uh hopefully people enjoyed it too i, I think people that are, are music fans beetle files and whatnot would get a kick out of that because that's not uh, something you hear every day is them just kind of chatting about it and figuring it out and then that jam is just awesome the jam is great 
Yeah, yeah. So check out uh, what Duvet said about music, issue thirty-eight this week. Uh, so what do you got? Uh, what, is, what, is, what do you got going on this weekend? Tell me about Miami and get it all done and over with in like five minutes, so we can get out of here. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, I will. Miami was great. We uh, we actually were in Boca Raton for most of it. So five days was spent just north of Miami, where the beaches are just a beautiful white sand. The water was 80 degrees, if you can believe an ocean being 80 degrees coming from where we come. Um, Sun, it was 80 degrees temperature-wise. It was just beautiful, so relaxing. I finally bought into the beach vacation, which my wife loves so much. You know, I got a ton of reading done. We either hung out at the pool or the beach. We met, met a lot of friends. I actually was conscripted into a uh, a alternative rock band to play a, a set behind the drums. <laughs> wow, that's hearkening uh, back to Carlton and the Doormen days. It's it's funny because we were in town for like less than twenty four hours, and we uh, we, we want to give a shout out to Flanagan's. Flanagan's is like a South Florida chain, kind of like a beach version of a Fridays, but. Really good. We we enjoyed ourselves there. They have these great drink specials. Everybody that worked there was super nice. And Hallie and I were known as the San Frannies. So we we you know we kind of stuck out a little bit. And so people were chatty with us. So this guy we met there was like, oh, you got to go next door. There's this um, place. They have a punk rock band or you know rock bands play. You should check it out. So we go over there, and it's in between sets for the band. And the guy we you know literally walk in the door, get a beer, and the guy says. Over the mic, uh, our drummer has an emergency. He can't play a set. Does anybody play drums? So <laughs> Hallie raises her hand and points at me and says, he does. And so all of a sudden the guy's like, he looks at me, he's like, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can play drums. What the hell? So I get behind the kit. The only problem was it's it was a beautiful drum, drum set. The guy had more cymbals and you know, two floor toms, double kick. It was a really nice set. Set up right-handed. I'm left-handed. So that was kind of like... I couldn't use any of it. So I just kept it simple, you know, kick, snare, cymbal. And the, the funny thing was the guys walk up to me, you know, I'm a, a man of a certain age. And they say, so are you familiar with like 90s alternative rock? And I just gave the guy the look like, are you familiar with 90s alternative rock, <laughs> sir? Right. I'm like, I think I could figure it out. And so we, we played songs like, like Foo Fighters, uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. We did... Uh, a, a Weezer song, Beverly Hills. Um, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I realized that all people really require from a drummer is just a, a constant beat because yeah. it was as if nobody knew that I was, a, you know, a, a fill-in crappy drummer and everybody was just dancing and having a good old time. And then I passed the sticks over to another kid who said he knew the songs. And the problem with him was he did know the songs, but he was trying to play them exactly like the songs. So it was very busy, you know, whereas uh, it, it would have served him better if he just kept it simple yeah. and let, let, the, let the beat speak for itself. But that was funny. And Hallie's dad got a big kick out of that. You know, I'm already sitting in with the local band down the street. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, you so have a, the, a minute and a half to tell me the rest of the stuff. Okay, <laughs> and then the rest of it, uh, the, the glory time was spent uh, in Miami. We stayed at the W Hotel, which was fabulous. We went clubbing. 
two nights we went clubbing because of my uh, music blogdom. I, we were actually got ourselves on a guest list at one of the uh, exclusive Miami clubs mansion to mm. see Crayshon from the Bay Area. She happened to be out there. So that was cool. We got we jumped the line. Walked right in. The oldies, the oldies jumped the line, and all the kids were like, "What the hell are these people? Why are they get who they blow to get in here?" So uh, <laughs> that was fun, and uh, it was just really relaxing. And I'm still trying to ride the wave, Jace. It's a little bit harder when it's 50 degrees in San Francisco right now, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is. Yeah, let's talk about you. Enough about me. Let's Merry about Christmas, you. You you... Emporium. Merry Christmas, you building alone. Soon. What do you uh, What do you got going on these days? Oh well, I'm killing crickets and losing teeth and losing <laughs> dentists. Um, and then the band in which I play, Clock Paw. Yes. Uh, we just had good our news. big record release. Our, our Our second album came out this Tuesday, and for all those interested, you can download it for name your price at clockpaw.com which means you it's it's donation there's not even a suggested donation you can put you can log on and put in zero and download the whole album or you can log in and put one hundred dollars in and download the clockpaw yeah. album if you'd like to it's very good it, it's uh, 17 songs in 10 and a half minutes all of our songs are about 30 seconds or less and if you think about it if you're on facebook and you see someone's got a video posted of a guy with an enormous cock and you're like oh i should watch this and you click on it and you see, oh, my God, this movie's like two minutes long. And you watch about 30 seconds of it before you go, okay, I've seen enough of this guy's enormous cock. And you turn it off. Um, all of our songs take about that long, about as long as you to lose interest in an enormous cock video. That's how long as it takes to listen to a clock pause song. In fact, some of them are even shorter than that, like this one. Lots of shine, sleepy head. Everyone that you know is dead. You snoozed your cares away. What you gonna dare to dream? What is that? That's like 12 seconds long. That's an entire song. You know, but it's great. I was listening to the record uh, yesterday and I forgot how, you know, quick the songs are. And it was literally like I was trying to type out an email and I finished the email and the music had already stopped in the background. The whole album had played. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it works really well as an album. I think from start to finish, it, it, it's, a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good album. It feels good. I'll tell you what, the recording is great. So a shout out to listener Al who helped you guys produce that. Really good. Yeah. Good yeah, sounding so record. We would appreciate all of you listening to it. You will like it, much like you just heard that song. You like that, right? That was a good song. Um, so I've been I doing that. I've been seeing movies. Uh, I think I guess the biggest movie I saw that uh, hasn't come out yet is The Adventures of Tintin. Um, uh, did you like it? I did like it. I will say this, though, about The Adventures of Tintin. First of all, it's just like it suffers from the same uh, problem that all comic-based movies do in that comics work great. Serialized comics work great in bursts. You read 30 pages and you jam a lot of action in it and you go, wow, and you sit it down. And then a month later or a week later, you pick it up and there's another bunch of action now set in a different uh -huh. area. And they work great as little self-contained action stories, but if you string the whole arc together and read one right after the other, then it just becomes action, 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 action. So actually gotcha. by the point in Tintin where uh, they're having trouble in an airplane, I was kind of like, wow, really? I would kind of like a little breather right now. Kind of got to hand it to George Lucas 
with his Star Wars, new Star Wars movies, which I've been watching on Blu-ray, and you, you got to say that, okay, they're not the greatest movies, but he really does know how to structure a story and pace out those action sequences. So there's a lot of boring walking around <laughs> happening before action happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's, it's, it I, got, is a, I got you. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of action. And the other thing is about Tintin, and this might be my – this not might be, but it's probably only – something that's ever happened to me is when I was a kid, I got a magazine called Children's Digest, like some friend of my mom's. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some friend of my mom's gave me a a, a year subscription to Children's Digest, and it showed up on January. There was no high life. There was no highlights. But, um, like, I did what any eight-year-old kid would do is I flipped through it until I saw pictures in the comics and I read the comics, and it just so happens that Uh they serialized um, a, a Tintin story. So I I read it just because it was comics, and then like the next month I read it again, and I got really into the story. So I, like I really enjoyed the story, and I read the whole thing, and it took the whole year. It took twelve issues of Children's Digest to read the entire story arc, an entire year to read Tintin, and that's my one and only exposure to Tintin, which the guy wrote it for thirty years, and there's you know eighteen or nineteen. There's a whole bunch of stories that he wrote. The movie is based on that story I read. No freaking way. That's funny. Yeah. So I was watching it and like this, like I would be like, oh my God. And I, so I was having this weird experience of remembering things that I haven't read since I was eight years old and haven't even thought about Uh and it like coming up for me and like going, oh my God. Yeah. I remember that. So bizarre. Like that was happening. And then like, I would go, wow, are they going to do that thing that I remember this and that? And so I don't know. It also just kind of ends. That's funny. Yeah. That's random. That's pretty random that that would be the story that they they chose. Yeah, I know. And also pretty random is that I saw it last week on November 11th, and it doesn't come out until December 23rd or something. It doesn't even open for six weeks. Wow. Yeah. You're way – you're like me. We're we're way ahead of the game, way ahead of the curve. I had that interview with the Carter Tanton fella, you know, on a a previous What Do They Said About Music, and I'm flipping through the weekly, and his album, like, is just just being released this week. And it's like I've been playing the record. I've been listening to the record. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't realize like how in advance I had gotten that copy. Yeah. Well, that's what keeps happening to me with these movies is like I, I, some movies I've seen that have been out for a really long time. But like I just got Carnage in the mail, the DVD of that movie Carnage. It's the Roman Polanski movie that's based on the play of The God of Carnage. Ah, I did not know about that. Well, I don't know a lot about movies. so. OK, well, anyway, I saw it a couple of three weeks ago. And then it showed up in my mail two days ago as a DVD. I was like, oh, I've already seen this. So I set it on a shelf. Uh, and then I was reading again through Entertainment Weekly. And they're like, movies we can't wait to see. Carnage, which comes out in December. You know, it's like, what? Wow, that's funny. Yeah, you're in the know. So you want to win that contest, customers, because you'll see movies way ahead of your fan. That's right. Uh, friends. Or you can be uh, behind the velvet ropes with Bob Duvet up in San Francisco. So find us on Twitter at Bob Duvet. Follow us on Facebook. Tell your friends to find us on Twitter. Yes. Follow us on Facebook. Head out to Clockpaw to download the Clockpaw album. Give a listen to the What Duvet Said About Music issue 38 for that exclusive exciting Beatles song and many other things about Rob's trip to Miami. And no show next week, Rob, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Ah, uh, are you uh, really quick? Are you coming up north? Will I see you or no? Well, I will be up visiting my folks. You won't see me unless you go up to visit my folks. Okay, fair enough. Um, hey, uh, really quick, as we're getting out the door here, 
I want to phrase out something. It doesn't even require a whole segment, but I when in Miami, I heard a guy, this was, you know, rule on this one, Jace, walking around the pool with a phone in his ear, you know, like an iPhone, talking to whatever business, you know, client he was talking to. And I heard this phrase uttered way too many times. I guess it's big in corporate lingo now is, you know, the challenge is, <laughs> everything's a challenge apparently the challenge is this or i think our challenge is going to be that and i just i was just like ah god stop saying that stop using your phone in the pool i'm on vacation if you want to be on vacation be on vacation if you want to talk business take your challenge into the lobby yeah well i hate that phrase for two reasons one is that that it's a phrase so i hate that and the okay the idea behind it is that you're just presenting obstacles without offering solutions. Ah, we hate that here at WDS. I hate it. I hate oh. it being in a meeting for a show or a, you know, a, pr a production design meeting and someone saying, well, we could do that, but the challenge is, well, you know, challenge this. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this is funny. So last night we went to an event. Apparently my wife and I go to events and it was at the Fort Mason Center here and our neighbor is in charge of selling the various spaces at Fort Mason for weddings or whatever. And they just opened a new space that was really nice and they had it all catered from a variety of different caterers and a bunch of, you know, drink stands, you know, bar bartenders doing their, you know, thing and I drank too much and I ate too little. But you had to have a name tag of where you're from and, and mine says Robert Shelley. WDS network. Nice. Yeah. So if people are asking me about that, what is the WDS network? And I was, oh, we're, we're a network of things. We dabble a bit in publishing. We dabble a bit in the podcasting media. We're developing things. And uh, of course, there's a blog, www.whatdovaysaid.com. And I also mentioned that in our uh, office, we have a ping pong table to blow off a little steam when things get a little crazy at the office. Right. So thanks for listening. We'll see you not next week, but in the week after that. Uh, you guys get a bye. We get a bye next week. Bye. Hey, the Niners won. Who knew? Bye. Can you tell me what the they said? Did you hear what the they said? Can you hear what the they said? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.